You guys, it's stressful trying to buy a house right now. If you've attempted this process, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The housing market is crazy in Colorado. I'm only renting and it took me months to find a place. If you're trying to buy a place, let Mike and Virginia Chevalier take the burden off this extremely difficult process. It will alleviate so much stress and worry off of your plate. Chevalier Mortgage's ultimate goal is to take the stress out of buying and refinancing. They strive to give their borrowers options with the full financial picture in mind and with the highest level of integrity, always putting their borrowers first. They have a fun perk for DNVR listeners. Visit them at dnvrmortgage.com and enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. Most importantly, you're going to get set up with a free consultation to discuss all your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. If you're still on the fence about the type of people that Mike and Virginia are, they're proud CSU alums, they're DNVR members, they work nights and weekends to make sure their clients are getting the best loan for their current situation. Visit them at dnvrmortgage.com or give Mike a call directly at 970-412-2472 or again, visit dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. What's up, guys? We are back with the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. I'm joined by Cody Tucker of 7220 Sports. We're live from Las Vegas at the uh, Cosmopolitan Hotel. Media Days is wrapping up. We've been going hard for basically like 48 straight hours now i'm exhausted i'm hot i need more clean clothes but it's been fun it's good to have life feeling a little bit more normal you had a good time out here man well i i can't help first of all thanks for having me on but second of all i can't help but think about where we were at this time last year you know and i know i've said that to a few people today but it was pretty sad last year it was funeral-esque in my house i know that so a lot of cores went down uh Sad deal, but man, it feels good to, you know, I haven't seen any, you know, I cover Wyoming. Obviously, I haven't seen a lot of these Wyoming players face-to-face since the 2019 Arizona Bowl. So, to shake their hand, to say hi, and even to thank them for, you know, the sacrifice they made last year to even play a season period so that we can do what we do and do what we love. I mean, uh, it meant a lot to see those guys today. So, that's my biggest takeaway from how great it is to be here. I mean, we heard... A common theme from a lot of these players and coaches when, you know, asked to kind of reflect back on what this last year has been like, I very consistently heard, you know, I just, I don't take any of this for granted anymore. And I I think that's probably very true for a lot of us in the media too. Like just little things, the being able to talk to people in person, being able to see your friends from around the conference, you know, like. Yeah. It's been so impersonal. Exactly. Like you can't, you can't establish the types of relationships you need to really do this job the right way when everything is digital. I mean, we adjusted, like everybody, kudos to the athletic departments, kudos to the people in the media for making it work, but it just, it hasn't been the same. And I'm really looking forward to a normal college football season. I'm sure the fans are too, because they want to be there. Yeah. And I don't know if you've even thought about this from a media side, but you know, you got to meet the new incoming recruits. Now we have to meet two classes worth of recruits because we didn't meet the last one. So uh, just so excited, man, to be back. I mean, we're back. It feels – I know COVID's rearing its ugly head around the country again right now a little bit, but all indications here uh, this week is we're, we're, we're off and running here and practice kicks off here in, what, two weeks? So let's do it. It's what we need, man. And 
you know, we heard from Craig Thompson, obviously, teams this year, they're, they're not going to be rescheduling games. If, if you can't play, it's going to go down as a forfeit. The, the vaccinations are not going to necessarily be mandatory. You know, they said they're not going to force the players to do it, but there's going to be consequences, and I'd, I think that's the right decision. I mean, you have to set these standards from the beginning, and, and we're going to see – you know, how important football is to all of these teams. Yeah, and, you know, I, I cover Craig Bull on a regular basis, obviously, and nobody hates COVID-19 more than that guy. <laughs> um, he's just so ready to turn the page. And, of course, he, he said yesterday, I'm kicking my guys in the butt to please go get vaccinated. And he said not all of them are going to be, but they're above 80%, and uh, they're still trying to figure out a game plan on how – how to deal with the guys who aren't because last year the Mountain West paid for all those tests. Uh, they're not doing it again. And that's where it's it's going to get really tricky with this whole situation because you want to know what? Like, if you don't want to get the vaccine, nobody's going to force you to. No. You, you know, they can't. But, you know, if you can't play, that's going to be on you. And I I just I can't imagine being that guy. Like, how do you, how do you look your teammates in the eye after that and be like, sorry, guys, like, I'm going to be out for the next three weeks. Hopefully, sorry, our depth is screwed. Sorry, our plan is screwed because I wasn't willing to do this. Yeah, and what if you I, – I don't think they know yet, but what if you can't even be around your teammates? What if you yeah, how does that almost work? have to still be in your bubble on your own, which is impossible, right? I mean, what it is, it's – forcing is the wrong word, but they are – if you don't get it, you're probably not going to play. I, yeah. I mean – there's a really good possibility you're not going to play. Well, I'd imagine, especially with some of these coaches, they're going to kind of have that in the back of their mind, like when they're setting their depth charts. Do I want to be dependent on somebody who might not be here? <laughs> yeah, and I know I know Craig Bull specifically has thought about that, but it's like you said, you just can't force it. But and I hate to think of it this way, Justin, but these rosters also need to be trimmed down. Yeah, back to 85 next year. In some cases, maybe it might even help some of these coaches get that some of that trimming done. That's a good point. I, d- I didn't really think about it in that context, but I mean, we're and gonna I hate see. Thinking like that, you know, but it, and again, like it, we're not we're not trying to come on here and be like, you know, if you don't get it, you're a moron. Yeah. We're just saying, if you don't and you're on the team, there's probably going to be some consequences. Whether that ends up being you know losing a spot down the line or missing games or and you know it, not being as high on the depth chart. The same might apply to the media, Justin. To be honest, no, with you. absolutely. I, I when I, I I'm vaccinated, I got it as early as possible. I wanted grandmas and grandpas to get it first. Obviously, I didn't want to jump in line, but when in Wyoming specifically, people aren't really getting it at a high rate. Uh, the vaccine that is, uh, but. Uh, I jumped in and got it, and I, I got it because I had this day in mind. I had this weekend in mind that it, they're not going to let us anywhere near these kids. You imagine if a reporter gave yeah, a kid you ca- COVID. Ca- cause an outbreak. Yeah, like. yeah, forget it. Yeah, so, I mean, better safe than sorry. Not to mention, you know, let's be real. I didn't want to kill my own grandma. No, I mean, I, I think that's a, that's a fair take to have. Sorry, grandma. I was scared of getting a shot, but... Anyways, we there's plenty of stuff to talk about regarding the Mountain West, and I'm going to have Cody on the podcast a lot more this up, upcoming season, and, and we'll dive into all of it. But we're a couple of college football fans. You know, we, we do this for a living. We love what we do. and But at our core, you know, at our roots, we're college football fans like yep. you guys are. We watch this. We were going to games long before we ever got paid to. We were talking about games long before we got paid to do it. There's some big news in the college football world, and uh, there's been a lot of, I mean, between NIL and the college football playoff expansion, we can dive into that in a little bit if we want, but 
Right now, we got to talk Texas, Oklahoma, because it's definitely at the forefront. That is what everybody is thinking about right now. And I mean, I guess just what was your initial reaction when you saw the reports that Texas and Oklahoma are interested, and it sounds like the SEC has some mutual interest in them? Yeah, then they should. I mean, I don't think they need them, but just makes the rich richer, right? I mean, I don't. My first thought was. Why now, I guess? And my second thought was, here we go with this that, you know, because you know how it goes at CSU especially. We see it up in Wyoming. We, we saw all the Big 12, you know, thoughts, hopes, yeah. wishes, prayers coming out of Fort Collins. But uh, that's it just starts this carousel, and you're like, oh, man, where, where does it stop? And, and, <laughs> and like you, I've been getting the questions all day. What does this mean for the Mountain West? Obviously, we have no idea what it means for the Mountain West, but it's fun to – Fun to talk about it. Yeah, I mean, that's all any of this is. It's just speculation. It's kind of us processing this live in the moment. And I won't be dismissive and say that there would be no implications on the Mountain West. I will say it's a little typical of the Mountain West fan base to immediately be like, oh, this is going to help us. We're going to make a jump to the next level. I've heard this from a lot of fans before, and I guess I'll just say I'll kind of believe it when I see it. Well, every, I mean, let's be real. Everybody's first thought is Boise State. and Yeah. There's Khalil Shakur right there. Do you want to ask him? <laughs> hey, you guys going to, <laughs> you going guys to the Big in? 12? Yeah, when yeah. are you guys going to the Big 12? No, obviously Boise State's the first one that always comes to mind. Um, I mean, they've got the brand recognition. They obviously – They've been open about, you know, they had some e- emails exposed last year. I just – I don't know. You know, I've, I've talked about it before. I will say – it seems like if Boise State was going to make a jump to a power conference, the Big 12 is probably the one that makes the most sense. It's not as it wouldn't be quite as big of a burden traveling as the American because you're not going all the way, you know, across to the coast and stuff. It's also, you know, the Pac-12, they they kind of hold themselves to a higher academic standard as they does the Big 10. Medical schools. Yeah, you know, the yeah. Big 12 maybe a little bit more lenient maybe they want to bring in their first truck driving school to uh <laughs> the big 10 no you're right you're right I, 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 I they're almost homeless if they're not in the mountain west uh but you got to figure big 12 officials are gonna panic quite a bit i mean if you lose if you lose your two biggest really leaders i mean the, oh, the, the totally. big 12 is texas and oklahoma and they are the big 12 but like i don't know i mean what is the big 12 brand Without Texas and Oklahoma, I mean, I, I think it, it's still Texas, you know, Texas based. But I think this is where you might start selling your soul a little bit, for lack of a better term, and maybe extend that invite to BYU, Boise State, maybe do that. We've talked about it, San Diego State. Maybe I feel like they're they're waiting to explode. They're already great in basketball. Now they're going to have a new stadium. It just uh, it seems like San Diego State makes. I mean, I think San Diego State makes even more sense than Boise State when you look at. When you compare the universities, the regional size, the markets. But beyond that, I mean, we already know that the Big 12 had at least reportedly, rumoredly, you know, like 10 years ago, there were all those rumors that all those Texas schools were going to the Pac-12. Yeah. So I think, you know, there is some interest from those schools in kind of like westward expansion. Yeah, and and obviously what uh, the SEC is going to be up to 16 teams. That's a if these if Oklahoma if and Texas happens, goes, yeah. maybe somebody else looks to form a mega conference. Uh, the Pac-12 obviously hasn't been very successful on the field 
the last handful of years. Uh, definitely not in, not when it comes to playing any meaningful football games in the winter. So maybe they make a move because we talked about it last night. They're still Oklahoma State. They've been a top 25 team. TCU can pop up at any time. Texas Tech's kind of that way. Baylor. Baylor's all these teams win. I mean, yeah. they've all had eight, nine win seasons even in the last couple of years. It's yeah. not like it was 15, 20 Iowa years Iowa State's ago. on the up and up swing. Uh, you talked about it earlier. Kansas State has, it always seems to pop off an upset or two every year. They're just tough. Yeah, and then there's Kansas. Who, obviously, you know, the <laughs> football brand is not strong, but one of the best basketball yeah. brands in the entire the entire country, and that matters. You know, that's not for yeah. nothing. It, it is a revenue-generating sport. I'm obviously a big hoops guy. Cody's more football than hoops, but... Well, you got to be real, too, with that. The, you know, football football drives the bus. Oh, totally, and, uh, and when it comes to all these decisions. Yeah, yeah, and, I, and don't get me wrong. Somebody would love to have that Kansas basketball program, but the headache that comes with the other side, and it doesn't seem like there's light at the end of the tunnel, tunnel, though they were in the Orange Bowl not that long ago, and it's so hard to think about that, isn't it? Back with Aqib Tlaib. And yeah. They had that chubby quarterback. Mangino. Yeah. Oh, Mangini. God. <laughs> big, yeah, whatever his name was, the big dude. Dude looks like a video game character on the <laughs> yeah, sidelines. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting, though. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what to think about it, really, because I, I'm sure the Big 12 is – freaking out well you mentioned you know the possibility if if this were to happen the sec having 16 teams the possibility of you know another super conference obviously the mountain west formed because the original members of the WAC decided you know we're going to go do this because they'd added some teams the product had kind of been diluted for a couple of years bad and so they were like you want to know what we're going to do something different if i you know if i'm the president at Colorado State. If I'm the president at Wyoming, I'm calling up some of these schools that we have relationships with, you know, the San Diego States and Mexico's. I'm like, you want to know what? We should probably be talking to Texas Tech, to Kansas State, to, I mean, I, I'm not, Oklahoma State. Like, Certainly doesn't hurt. That's what I mean. Like, uh, And back in the old, old days, Skyline days, Arizona and Arizona State were in yeah. you know, with Wyoming and Colorado State. So. It's worth a it's worth a call. Why not? Uh, but that's where you just wonder about the leadership of this conference with with Craig Thompson. It, we listened to him yesterday, and I, I got to admit, I just totally phased out of that whole thing because he sat there for the first ten minutes and listed all these amazing accomplishments and all these phone calls that he's made and what you know. I've I've spent three hundred hours on Zoom calls. Well, c- congratulations. You did Wyoming, your job? You still don't have – yeah, exactly. Thank you for your resume. Um, but we still – we talked about the other day. We were the had the first conference that had a TV channel. <laughs> now we're one of the only ones that doesn't. It, it seems like in the, as far as that stuff goes, like he was progressive as far as being on the committee that's getting a possible 12-team playoff. Which is good. That's encouraging. That's, that that's what he should be doing. I mean, he had the chance to possibly nab Gonzaga basketball a few years ago. Wichita he, State. Yeah, Wichita, Wichita State, State wanted to come. They wanted to come. And they didn't – I know they don't have a football program. and I know they're scared of sharing the pie. And I've heard that from an athletic director that they're – they don't want to cut the pie, slice the pie anymore. And and the same Tom Berman, who I'm talking about, Wyoming's athletic director, he also said that, uh, you know, I, I always ask. I, I think everybody asks this: is is there a chance BYU is ever coming back to the Mountain West? You get Texas Tech and teams like that. Yeah, there is a good chance, but they say we're not cutting the pie anymore. 
So you need you need to find a baker to make a bigger <laughs> pie, basically, and a bigger pie would be Texas Tech and no, it TCU would, yeah. and those guys. Your but, TV deal is going to get exponentially larger if you bring but, in the Texas markets. But and, do they come to the Mountain West, or does the Mountain West dissolve and go to the Big Twelve? The Big Twelve's got the brand. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, I, we they've I've seen some things online, and you know, the Mountain West should go after Big Twelve schools. I mean. Let's be real. The Big 12 brand is still bigger and more significant than the Mountain West with or without Texas and Oklahoma. It just, it is. Like, it's the Big 12. We all know the Big 12. Uh, There's just another tweet that just came through from Brett McMurphy. Oklahoma and Texas officials. And, of course, I just took it right off my phone. (laughs) Sorry about that. That's right. It's live live in the moment. (laughs) Oklahoma and Texas officials are not currently on the Big 12 call with league ADs and CEOs. Sources tell stadium.com. Perhaps another sign OU and Texas have decided to leave for the SEC. Why wouldn't Texas and Oklahoma be on that call? That's interesting, man. It's all but done. I mean, it's so I, I think there are two ways you can look at this. You look at it as. It's already happened. It's done. This is a, you know, they're going to the SEC. Or this is a lot of smoke and mirrors, and Texas and Oklahoma are trying to make the Big 12 want them more so that they can come back to the table and be like, you want us to stay? We want a larger piece of the pie. Now, I get Texas, they've already done this yeah. to the Big 12 how like many, six or seven times. How large is your pie? I mean. But, I mean, it, it, could, it could be a play, you know, for. Yeah. Well, it's already the have and have nots so badly, and then on the. As we've seen on the schedule, it's Oklahoma that's producing on the field and has been the runaway winner of that. And we talked about that. Why Why would they want to go? What do you, other than, I, I'm sure the TV deal that you could arrange for that conference would be significant, but it's not like you're, you have any issues with financials right now. The nope. Big 12's TV, TV deal is significant. Oklahoma's got crazy boosters. So does Texas, obviously. But if you're OU, you're going to the playoff as is. Mm-hmm. So now you want to go and play Georgia's and Alabama are you and LSU? New, I mean, are you looking for a new challenge? That's what the only thing we could think of. You. I mean, they haven't even won a national championship yet. No. And that's where it really shows when those teams meet exactly. in the playoffs. It's the gap is significant. Day. Yeah. And maybe that's the thing. that It's going to open up their recruiting base. It would. It would change even, things. Even though they're national. I mean, let's be real. Texas and Oklahoma are national brands. They can go wherever they want and get kids they want but i don't think it'll hurt yeah maybe it helps you pull you know maybe if it comes down to you know you're hot on a guy that some that florida is also hot on yep. he'll more likely to go to ou now because they're going to come play games in florida yeah, in and they'll Georgia, get to see their South family Carolina, yeah and, yep, we know right it's a there. football hot you know hot bed of the country a lot of talent comes out of there so i mean there there are some things that would make sense so here's the flip side though so now if there's this proposed 12 team playoff that there's going to be wouldn't they be hurting themselves? Because how many SEC teams are going to be in this twelve-team playoff? That's a good point. I mean, <laughs> I mean, the, the five highest ranked. I mean, this is assuming that the the proposed format that we've all seen, where it's like the five highest ranked conference champions and then the at-large bids to get in. You're probably would be better off being the Big Twelve champion, going like eleven and one, twelve and zero, than uh-huh. being trying to count on an at-large bid as a nine and three sec team well and think about like i I keep thinking about texas a&m because they came from the big 12 and they went to the sec they weren't a good big 12 team when they went to the sec but they have a ton of resources so and also that opened up texas 
recruiting base for the SEC. But I just don't know. They they were good last year. A&M was good last year. And with Johnny Manziel, they popped up and beat Alabama and got themselves a Heisman. But other than that, they're middle of the pack. Most years, yeah, they're Most middle. Year, of the, yeah, if if they're lucky, I will say I I think A and M this year is a, a sleeper to be one of the teams that kind of sneakily could make a run well, in look the at, SEC. They had, to, they had to throw a bunch of money at Jimbo Fisher and get him away from Florida State to do it. And it's true, yeah. That's what you got to do. So, but they got the money. A and M's got big, big, big money. So I would love to see Texas and Texas A and M rekindle. That'd be awesome. That Just, game. Was I mean, they should so be playing fun. regardless of whether they're in the same conference. And living in Texas myself, it is bizarre. I mean, that they don't play, and they're up in Austin in the state capital fighting about why aren't our teams playing each other? And they're bringing it into you know government. Court, yeah, it's. I mean, it's wild, and you know that that whole state house is full of A and M grads and Texas <laughs> grads, and. I think even Baylor and Tech and teams like that want to see that game. I mean, it was right after – it was on Thanksgiving. I think about Ricky Williams running for the record against A&M on Thanksgiving, and it was always that. And then watching Colorado get hammered by Nebraska and or vice versa, uh, it, it was good stuff. It's it's good for college football to have strong regional rivalries. Absolutely. I mean, we, we've talked about with the Mountain West, if there ever ends up being any type of changes – one, for instance, one of the things that came up in Craig Thompson's press conference was if the college football playoff were to expand, it might be in the Mountain West's best interest to kind of throw the whole divisional format out the window because at the end of the day, you just want to ensure that the best two teams, period, are in the conference championship game. That'd yep. be great. But, you know, as people like us who cover CSU and Wyoming, respectively, that's all great. I'm, I think that makes a lot of sense. But under no circumstance would we want to see, you know, like the border war disappear. Yeah. And that's kind of what's happened with this Texas-Texas A&M situation. It, we lost a great college football rivalry for, like, political reasons and pettiness and well, people in suits. Well, I don't know about you guys, but um, back in the WAC days, the rivalry we lost because of the divisions was playing BYU every year and playing Utah every year. Those are – that's like Wyoming's – second and third most played series behind Colorado State. The border war was preserved, but you'd play BYU every, what, four years or something like that? And it just, that's not right. It's not right. It's its horrible. And, and I think you and I are both in agreement that, like, remember when Boise State and San Diego State were flirting with the Big East? Like, Made does, no sense. Does nobody care about this anymore? That's what I'm saying. Like, it can't, if it's, only about the money and i understand it's a business and the money is going to be one of the largest driving forces but the thing that makes college football special and different from professional sports is the tradition it's yeah. the regional ties it's the representation of my community my school my people my friends it's us versus well, you think about it we're, we're both broncos fans we don't like the raiders yeah but there goes Bill Romanowski to the Raiders, you know, stuff like that. There, Neil Smith won two Super Bowls in a Denver Broncos uniform. Like, what? We love the Broncos, but, I mean, come on. There's no loyalty. That's that's a business. College football should not ever be like that. No, it's – it's. I mean, I'm, I'm not one of those guys that's going to be like, amateurism, but, like, amateurism to an extent has kind of helped preserve some of this, and I just – the more we see it become – driven around money and tv deals and just the the bottom line if the bottom line is all that matters you lose what makes college football special you know what justin would if we could 
turn back time, as Cher would say here in Las Vegas. Uh, what would be great is if the Mountain West still had Utah and TCU and BYU, the addition of Boise State. That, be as good of a conference. That, to me, Texas Tech would call, maybe call us. I agree. So would <laughs> Oklahoma State. Yeah, Oklahoma State, because they have TCU. They're in the Dallas, the, that Dallas market's right there. That's maybe a Baylor comes on, you know. that. But now, you know, this conference can get top-heavy at times. Very and the bottom heavy. feeders can be very bad at times, so it's kind of is the is the Mountain West as sexy as the American? I don't know. I think it is, but I grew up I grew up here. You know what I mean? That's where I, yeah, it's tough to say because it's like I think when you look at it from a national perspective, the American has more clout right now. Mm-hmm. We've seen. Houston, you know, make runs in, in college basketball and college football. But the Mountain West is that way when Boise State does it, too. No, I agree. Yeah. I just think at at this moment in time. Yeah. But, again, it's like you said, it's just whoever's hot in the moment. Right mm-hmm. now, Cincinnati and UCF are the hot tickets. It very, very quickly this year could be like Nevada and Boise State. I yeah, mean, absolutely. Carson Strong is probably as good as any quarterback in America. Yeah, could be. But you got to strike when the iron's hot, and maybe this is the good time for – for some some Mountain West teams to carry the flag this year. Yeah, I mean, the strike while you have an opportunity, you know, make an impression. If there's going to be some type of expansion, and I'm sure whether this Texas-Oklahoma thing happens or not, the landscape of college football is going to change pretty drastically in these next couple of years, especially with the potential of an expanded college football playoff. It's an arms race. Like, you you got to put yourself in a position to not get left behind. Yeah, and I know you and I are in the same boat with not thinking about money first because we're not the ones who cash checks or open the mailbox, but I can't help but think about, like, Oklahoma State and be like, man, you know, there goes there goes OU, there goes your bedlam rival, you know, and I know that's a lopsided series historically, but you, we, we, we discussed this yesterday, no matter what, Wyoming and CSU have to play. Yeah. I don't care what conferences either one of them are in. Every year. And I hope they're always in the same conference, but that would – could you imagine a, Could you imagine a fall without a border war? We almost got it last fall. Damn near. Yeah. Like, I just, it's gross. It's gross to think about. Like, it's selling your soul. And I, I get it. I just don't have well, to like it. That's the thing. It's <laughs> like we're not, we're not sitting here – we're not ignorant to the fact that money is going to drive these decisions. Yeah. We get it. But as people that love college football, that love the game, that love what makes it special, it's hard to just sit here and be like, oh, yeah, because that is logical, I'm okay with these rivalries and traditions and everything I love about the game getting shat all over. Yeah. And to be honest, I can't stand the SEC. I'm <laughs> sick of them. It just abs- means more. Yeah, I'm absolutely sick of them. I'm sick of that crap. I'm sick of Paul Feinbaum. Tire- I'm tired of them. I, I'm, and it's only going to get bigger, and they're only going to get stronger, but – I respect them, but I'm, I'm tired of hearing about them. I, it, you'll never catch me saying this in public, even though we're in public right now. I'd much rather see a Utah make a run like they did back in the day. If they were in the Mountain West is what I'm saying, not now. <laughs> I hope they never make a run now, but like a Boise State, stuff like that. I didn't appreciate it at the time because I had that hatred for them. But they were good. It was yeah. good for the Mountain West to have Utah be a top ten team oh, in the country in totally the Urban was. Meyer run, and people respected the hell out of the Mountain West. Talk then. about striking when the iron's hot. My first thought is Utah. They, they had did it the, right. They had the Olympics. They had Urban Meyer. They won when they needed to win, and now they're in the Pac-12. Well, it's all about timing, man, and that's yeah. 
that's one thing that CSU fans have kind of been talking about a lot is because, you know, a lot of Ram fans feel like they missed the boat. You know what I mean? They they had this positive momentum rolling with Jim McElwain. You got the stadium approved. You opened it. And then you went five years without beating a rival, five years without winning a bowl game, and now you have this gorgeous new shiny stadium. And Well, and we know, too, that it has a lot to do with the TV market. Yeah, for sure. And what is the TV market for CSU? I mean, we've discussed that, too. I, I don't know that Colorado or CSU, definitely not Air Force, even has the Denver market. I, I, I think Nebraska probably does or – there's a ton of Iowa fans in Colorado too. I mean, and you know, Wyoming's got a piece of that pie. Almost all the alums live on the front range. No, it's a, it's a weird deal altogether. I, you know, there's, there's more Colorado state alums in the Denver Metro area than any other local school. And then my rebuttal would be, how can they not sell out mile high stadium when they're playing Colorado? I mean, they, they it was basically sold out these last couple years. It was like 70, yeah. 70,000 plus, but but like when there's that many and you're no, in a town of no, how it's big a, it's is a good Denver, point. It's, it's so frustrating to watch that. Look, the the interest in college sports in the Denver metro area, it's just it's not consistently there. You know, when the teams are really good, people show up. Mm-hmm. But other than that, you know, a lot of these fans they're pretty they're pretty fair weather. They're pretty fickle. There's I get that Colorado's a, an amazing state. There's a lot of things to do. You know, you can go hiking, fishing, all that camping, like whatever floats your boat. Right. But I think the big problem ultimately is you're just getting overshadowed by, you know, pro sports and the Broncos. and Yeah. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, obviously we don't deal with that in Wyoming. Uh, what kills us is hunting season. Maybe that's why I've always disliked hunting a lot. <laughs> but, I mean, if, they, if they're not winning, next thing you know, people are listening to the game at deer camp and not sitting in the, uh, in the stadium. It's frustrating. Well, and I think that's the one thing that all Mountain West fans kind of – sometimes you kind of have to take your lumps here and maybe swallow your pride a little bit and just recognize like, look, Wyoming, they have some incredibly passionate fans. CSU, they do have some incredibly passionate fans, but it's not Texas. You know, it's not, it's not Alabama. It's not Florida. You know, it's not, they don't, we don't have the guaranteed fans that show up no matter what. There's some, I'm just saying it's a smaller scale. Yeah. No, and I guess, you know, you think Austin, College Station, Tuscaloosa, there's no professional sports happening. And that's a big factor. There, yeah, absolutely. It's NASCAR in the South, NASCAR, everybody loves the Braves, NASCAR, and college football. I would love – I don't know what it would take. Plus the weather is nice. That has to do – That's, that that's to a big to factor too, it. man. Yeah. Like. We all know what it's like to be at some of these late October, November games. It's it can be downright nasty. And Hawaii I mean, is playing in Laramie on November twenty seventh, season finale. Hope that's, they bundle up. That's brutal. <laughs> that's brutal. But that's even brutal for the home fans. No, it is. Yeah. All right, we'll get right back into that interview in just a second. But DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top-rated sportsbook. Speaking of America, our top athletes are over in Tokyo competing for the gold, and DraftKings has a medal-worthy offer for just my listeners. Listen to this great offer. Place any pre-event wager of $1 to be eligible to cash $100 in free credits if America wins any medal this year. That's 100 to 1 odds on an American athlete to stand on the podium and receive gold, silver, or bronze this week. I mean, these odds are absurd. 100 to 1 on an offer like this does not come around often. 
So sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook now and get in on all of the action. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook because it's easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new bettors and nearly limitless ways to get in on all of the action. My friends, my family, everyone has been loving DraftKings Sportsbook and I know you will too. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code DNVR when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits if America wins a medal. Again, that code DNVR to turn $1 into $100 in free credits for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. I also want to shout out our friends over at Illegal Pete's. Illegal Pete's is back. We're so pumped to have them on board again. As you guys know, the pandemic shut down a lot of restaurants. Illegal Pete's was one of them. They've been back in action for a while now, and we could not be happier to promote them. There's a lot of great things happening at all of these six Illegal Pete's locations. They have a sound check promotion, which is an ongoing promotion at offered at all locations. It's a free draft beer or house mark with the purchase of an adult entree when the guest shows a same day ticket to any event. They have a location in Lodo, so you can you know go down easily before a Rockies game. Obviously, they have one up in Fort Collins. You'll be able to take advantage of this come CSU football season. The Lodo location actually reopened in a new location with a bigger indoor and outdoor space. They're now in the corner of Wazee and 16th. That's super convenient because it's close to Ball Arena. It's close to Coors Field. All the locations serve breakfast until 1 p.m. Friday through Sunday. And their little location actually serves breakfast all day. If you're like me, a breakfast burrito hits the spot at around 8 p.m. Definitely going to have to hit up that Lodo spot next time I'm down there. Pete's has launched party margs during the pandemic. These are 32 ounces of their house margarita. It's approximately four times the size of a house marg. They have a happy hour at all locations from 3 to 6 p.m. every day, which is $1 off all drafts, $1 off house in coin style margs. You can get a $20 party marg, $1 off large chips and queso, $1 off chips and guac, free chips and salsa, all of that dope stuff offered at Illegal Pete's. Illegal Pete's cares about their employees starting salaries at $15 an hour plus tips. You get free food and drink on shift, discounted when you're off duty, 401k match, PTO to all employees, and an option for health insurance for all full-time employees. They're obviously a homegrown company. They now have 12 locations between uh, Colorado and, and Arizona. They're still independent. They have some of the best queso around. And obviously, we've got a ton of love for them over at DNVR. Shout out to Illegal Pete's. Hit them up the next time you're in Lodo, the next time you're in Fort Collins, and Boulder, wherever you may be. Pete's is the perfect spot for your next dinner. I don't know. I just... I don't know what it would take to kind of get college football back to its peak because I think it's probably the 90s if we're talking this region. I mean, CU obviously won a national championship. That's the Sonny Lubick era. Yeah, and, you know, I've known you for a couple of years now. Uh, I think we've talked numerous times that Wyoming and CSU haven't played enough big games. No, yeah, With they enough haven't. on the line, and they did in the 90s, especially when Sonny's around. 96, Wyoming upset them up there. 94, Wyoming blew a huge lead in Fort Collins. Those were – there was a lot on the line in those days. And then CSU was really good in the early 2000s. Wyoming was awful. Then it kind of flipped for a little bit. And now it's – CSU's obviously building. I mean, now you guys were so blessed to have a coach for so many years. Now you guys are kind of seeing how the other half lives. No, it's, it's true. I mean, he yeah. was – Sonny Lubick was really one of a kind, and that's been – 
the difficulty is just kind of establishing any type of stability, you know, post-Sunny. And, and you know who the one of the most stable programs in the Mountain West is Air Force. And it's because Calhoun. They've had six head coaches in their history. That's insane. Yeah. Wyoming had three coaches in four years, and Fred Akers left for Texas, Pat Dye left for Auburn, and uh, Dennis Erickson spent one season in Laramie before bolting to Washington State. How do you build anything with that? You can't, man. It's at least not very consistently, unless no. you're just absolutely nailing the hire every single time. Which that which they were obviously because they got poached by huge programs, but they're not going to stick around. That's why you go get a Craig Bull from North Dakota State. Well, and I think there was probably some and some thinking Evans. there, you know, with CSU when they hired Steve Adazio. I think they're probably thinking like he's an older guy. Yep, yep. he's probably not going to dip for just any job. Yep. You know, maybe we can get a guy who's going to kind of come in here and, and put down his roots. But Adazio might be a guy who um, might fit with that. You know, needs a change of venue, needs a change of. He's a Northeast guy. I know he was in the SEC for a while, but he uh, maybe just needed a change of scenery. And that's real sometimes. It, it's, no, we do see that happen. Yeah. My main thing is just, you know, just since our fans, obviously CSU and Wyoming. I'm all for talking about, you know, the potential of going out and, and getting, you know, big 12 teams or, you know, going into somewhere else. Like, I'm all for all that. But ultimately, before we can focus on any of that, like, these teams got to start winning Win. again. Like, they're not yep. winning Mountain West championships. They're not top 25 programs. They're not yep. consistently rattling off double-digit wins. Like, yep. They got a lot of that's they got why, a lot of progress to be made. That's why everybody who talks about the Mountain West and the Big Twelve automatically goes to Boise State. Exactly, they've won. Yeah, and CSU's never beat Boise State, not yeah. once. Wyoming's beat them one time. Got to do it more. You got to beat teams like that. You have to do it. And if you don't, I mean, that's why the other team we mentioned was San Diego State. They win. <laughs> yeah, like we win. can't. Cody and I are very open about our. I won't say hatred, but <laughs> we dislike Boise State, okay? Like, it's no secret. They, they walk around puffing their chests out. But ultimately, yeah. like, when you win, that's how you get to act. You and can do that, yeah. It, it sucks to say it, but, you know. They've like, earned it, man, and, they man, they ascended so quick. Uh, you know, but that's you, what gives you hope, right? You yeah. know, it's just knowing with the right leadership – under the right circumstances, well, any of these. Look at how fast did Nevada pop up. I yeah. mean, well, and honestly, you keep going back to Utah, but Utah was a meddling, middle, middle of the, the pack, pack team, whack team back in the day. That's why Urban Meyer came. They had to fire their coach. It's a good point. <laughs> so they struck while the iron was hot, and they had help with the Olympics. Oh, I the mean, Olympics it was a big factor. Put a ton of money into their facilities, and you know that helps. Utah's also, though, another great example of stability. I yep. mean, like, look, Whittingham is kind of a prick, objectively. I've interviewed him a couple times. He was not very fun guy to interact with. But well, he went to BYU, too, so he's a <laughs> double whammy of suck. But he's a consistent winner, man. I yep. mean, Utah, they've hit. They've been as consistent in the Pac-12 South as anyone. Like, And that's their only coach since Urban Meyer left. I mean, it makes a, it makes a huge difference, and that's where I think on my side of the aisle – Wyoming feels like this is Craig Bull's eighth year. It's time to make hay. I think that's fair. You yeah. know, at some point you got to hold yourself to a higher standard. Like we can't just be, you know, yeah, eight year rebuild. Yeah, it's time, and it it hasn't been necessarily an eight year rebuild. Wyoming was in the Mountain West Championship game in 2016. The Cowboys have 15 players in the NFL. You know, they've been to three bowl games in his eight years. 
It's not a failure. It's just not but they it, haven't reached the heights that they're hoping for yeah. when you bring in a national championship winning coach. Yeah, need to quit being okay with seven wins, stuff like that, eight wins. Well, I mean, it's the Mike Bobo scenario. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, at what point is seven and five or ends up being seven and six when you lose your bowl game? Right. Not enough. Yeah, you need to have a higher standard. And I think that's a, a problem in this region, too, is just, you know, like, honestly, Craig Bowl can do no wrong in Wyoming. The fans absolutely love him and adore him, but there is also this faction of, of fans that are like, hey, I like you, I respect you, but win or your seat needs to get piping hot. They have 95% of their roster back from last year, a team that was picked to finish second behind Boise State last year. The time to win for Wyoming is definitely now. You've yeah. got the defense is, is built to win. You've got a great backfield. They've yeah. got a decent receiving core. And you've Good got tight ends, the, arguably the best offensive line in the west of the Mississippi. It's really loaded. good offensive line. Loaded. They're loaded everywhere. It's just the most important position is the quarterback. Well, there's a lot. I mean, it's kind of similar with CSU. I think yeah. these teams are kind of in the same boat. It's You like what you have on the O-line. You like what you have in the backfield. You like the, what you're bringing defensively. And it's crazy to talk about Sean Chambers like this because he's 9-2 and two as a starter. But he's suffered three season-ending injuries in a row. It's really hard to come back from that, man. And he hasn't he he hasn't completed fifty percent of his passes. I mean, there's plenty of concern there. I will say though, and, and this was a thing I was kind of talking about with Trey today, because obviously you know under Mike Bobo, everything you know it's wide receiver. You it's this flashy passing offense. Like you want to know what though? I think you could throw all that out the window if you're just winning. And so maybe Chambers can be that guy. You know, may, he might not complete. 55% of his passes. But if you win, you and he did, but he he ran so much and took so many unnecessary hits that the damage was done. And I know there's you know some freak stuff too. It's just you get sometimes you get your legs broken when you play this game. It's just very unfortunate that it's been that three was times brutal, in a row. man. That was third play of the game. Third play of the season. Even as a CSU guy, you're like you don't ever want to see no, somebody go no. down that way, and no. it's like you see the kudos to the way that Wyoming responded in that game, by the way, because they were playing a really good Nevada team. They and were getting, they were shell shocked after you could see the air went out of them. They and fought you could back. See it made on it the scoreboard game. too. Yeah, yeah, it was it was rough. I was at that game in Reno, which was obviously no fans in the stands. Super weird, uh, but you could just they were so down, man, so down. So yeah, kudos to them for fighting back, but. You need to win games like that to get to the level that we're talking about here. I think the big takeaway from all this, and I know we've kind of been all over the place here, but <laughs> it's just that, one, change is, seems to be inevitable. What that will be, we will have to see. But before you're going to like start pounding on the table to be, you know, pick me, you know, we should be the next big thing, you got to do it on the field. And win. we both cover a couple of teams where – you got to win. The time to win is now. You got to win, and I can't help but think from the Wyoming perspective. I don't think anybody's under any illusion that you can go to the Big Twelve. Uh, you know, we're the smallest populated state in the United States, uh, isolated. There's a lot of factors working against Wyoming as far as that goes. We don't. We're not ranked the number one place to live in America like you guys, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> but we love it. <laughs> we love that. So, but anyway, it's you know, it's it, we're not under any illusion. But it'd be nice if the leadership of this conference would find a way, make a phone call. Dude, I don't even. I, my thing is, I don't care about necessarily going to the Big Twelve. No. I'm fine with staying in the Mountain West. I just want the Mountain West to be what it was. I want it yep. to be in a situation. If you go undefeated, you should be in the conversation for 
you know, the college football player back in the day, Utah, if they would have ran the table, they probably would have had a decent chance at yep. getting in a BCS national championship. Now, obviously, it would have been dependent on the computers and the systems and how everybody else finished. You might just end up in a, you know, a BCS bowl instead. But, but I, I really like that Alex Smith Utah team playing in a 12 team playoff. Oh, <laughs> I really like that thought. Well, I mean, think about some of these teams. Like, I'd love to see a, a Carson Strong-led offense against, you know, some of these teams. Let's see what can happen. Or a yeah. San Jose State defensive line going up against these guys. Instead, we you get a UCF playing Auburn and, and nothing, not trying to take anything away from UCF. They played a great game, but that's also an Auburn team that just missed out on playing in something much bigger. And you run into that. And, and it's no excuse. You need to be up for every game you play. And I don't care if you what you thought you should do. And we really don't care because what's your consolation? You lost and you get to play in the Sugar Bowl. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. Yeah, you're not. You. You're not going to get need any, any no. sympathy from us. No, no. But make them all count. Make them all count. You know, because there's too many of those bowl games. That that's what's killed the bowl atmosphere too. Because a lot of them don't really matter. Like just being honest. And I I love. I'm one of those guys that I'll watch every bowl game that's on. You yeah. Know, like. I'm watching college football every night. Well, they're starting to not even matter to the fans where the fans aren't going. And then if the team doesn't want to be there anyway. And the perfect example is the Las Vegas Bowl in 2004 when Wyoming played UCLA. They were a 14-point favorite. There was probably 15,000, 16,000 Wyoming fans in the crowd. And there was a little tiny pocket of UCLA. Their fans didn't want to be there, and neither did they. They had just lost by two to USC the week before, or the in the season finale. Mm -hmm. A really good USC uh, team. uh, Maybe one of the best college football teams of all time. Right, And fought them to the end. But they did not. And I'm not taking anything away from that. I mean, that'll never go away. You know what I mean? There's always going to be a couple of those. I think the problem is, though, is that it's like 60% of the Bulls at this point are kind of feel that way, where it's just like, do these guys even want to be here? But we're even seeing those BCS Bulls where they don't want to be there. And that's concerning. And that's That's why it's like, I think you really do need a... We got to change something. You need a 12-team playoff... What does that mean for the other bulls? I don't know. Maybe you, maybe you take a few of them away. I mean, that was something I kind of suggested to Steve Adazio. You know, in the '90s, going seven and five didn't guarantee you a bowl game. Sonny Lubick had three seven and five teams that didn't get a, didn't get a bowl. If Sonny coached in the modern era, he would have went to a bowl like every year. Yeah, well, for the Wyoming fans that are going to listen to this, uh, yeah, 1996 went ten and two, played in the inaugural WAC championship game against number five BYU. BYU had to take Wyoming into overtime to win. That's insane! How no that bowl happened. game? I don't know how th- ten and two, no bowl game. That had to come down to them not like thinking that Wyoming would sell or something. I guess because I tell you what, I was at that game. Half the stadium was brown and gold. The other half was. Well, I mean, like from the TV side. I'd oh, yeah. Well, and then, uh, you know, Wyoming had the number one offense in the country, the Bolitnikoff Award winner. It's a very sore subject still to this day. That's, That's a team insane. I grew up Ten loving. and two? Ten and two. Lost at San Diego State, then went to Colorado State and won on the drive to beat uh, to win in Fort Collins. Yeah, and BYU's the team that had to take Wyoming into overtime in Vegas. Number five, BYU, who ended up going to the Cotton Bowl, I believe, and beating – I was so pissed at that point. I don't even remember Washington, <laughs> Texas a and one of those, but they won their – it was called the Alliance Bowls back then, but they got one. Well, obviously, I mean, I don't think we want situations where 10-2 and two teams are getting left out, but <laughs> no, no. I also don't think it would be the worst thing in the world if you had to win, you know, eight games to put yourself – it would make it matter more. Maybe maybe it makes them – Totally agree. Um, and talking to – I talked to a lot of Wyoming players off that 90, 1996 team – they even have a hard time pulling for their own guys when Wyoming's in a bowl at six and six. 
That's what I mean. Seven it's just and like five because that frustration just comes back where they're like, oh, how did we not? Get, that's insane. Yeah. Though. That's absolutely insane. Yeah. That hurts. That's the one that'll stick with you forever. That's the thing, man. They ne- <laughs> they never go away. You can. I remember CSU in 2003. It was like the last regular season Bradley Van Pelt game they lost. They were big favorites, and they lost to just an incredibly mediocre UNLV team. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, that, that stuff sticks with you. Oh, totally. In 1990, uh, 1998, Wyoming had uh, their final game was at lowly Tulsa, and the Las Vegas Bowl Committee and, their, like, even some showgirls showed up to the game. They put out all the T-shirts and stuff when the Cowboys took the field. Uh, or when the Cowboys took the field in the second half, they laid out T-shirts and stuff, you know, like, welcome. You guys are going to the Las Vegas Bowl. Wyoming lost 35 to nothing. Oh, my and God. And finished the season 8-4 and four and didn't get a bowl game. And they had to hurry up and scurry and grab those shirts and get those showgirls the hell out of the locker room. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. wild, but man. I, I like it. I, I like that it you should have matter, to, you know. It's yeah. I like that you have to win seven or eight games, at least at least seven, maybe seven two included, including your B your your FBS opponent or your FCS. Yeah, opponent, yeah. You know, and and I don't ever want to make it to where the FCS opponent doesn't matter because those teams need to come up and play and make some money too, and you know the regional stuff, the Northern Colorados of the world stuff like that. I think that's big for them. Wyoming's, it's good for the scene. They should yeah, play every yeah. Now and then, Wyoming's you know. opening with Montana State. I believe you guys are opening with South Dakota State. I mean, that's that's a big game for those teams. It's gonna be interesting, man. All I know is, I just want the Mountain West to to back it up you know what i mean i i love this conference i followed it for a long time and i I want it to be relevant i don't want to see it dissolve that's for sure but i also just i'm tired of hearing like it should be us all right well we got to start winning it got to absolutely because i mean it's a scary proposition that could possibly happen here too justin like what if the big 12 says okay we'll take san diego state we'll take byu we'll take colorado state we'll take air force (laughs) <laughs> what? Where? Yeah. Where does that? Where does that Where's leave UNLV, Utah State? Utah where does that State, leave Wyoming? Wyoming? Yeah, I mean, obviously you're gonna have to scramble. You're just gonna have to. You're gonna have to do what you have to do. But we saw the whack dissolve pretty damn quickly after the Mountain West team. That was the whack. That's true. <laughs> so when they left, is there is the whack even a thing anymore? Like kind of. I don't think it's a football. I think they. Yeah, I think they have like Texas University of Texas at Arlington. Yeah, it's a bunch of like rice and my stuff. Might yeah. have fallen. That used to have Arizona and Arizona State and big-time programs. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy to think about. It. I mean, Wyoming was in the Sugar Bowl. It's It can be done. We just got to have higher standards. Yeah, We just got to have higher standards. And, you, you know, you need to get some asses in the seats, too. And That's with, true. Like, and with the winning, that'll happen. But you need – I mean – But you also – that some of that falls on the fans. Like, yeah. you've got to be – I understand that there's – there's different circumstances. We talked about this the other day. Look, it's it's hard to get to Laramie, especially yep. in the winter. Yep. It's not especially easy to get to Fort Collins, even from Denver. It's not the same problems. It's traffic. traffic. Yep. It's you know, if there's a seven PM Friday night game, that's what my dad was talking about. They play South Dakota State in a Friday night game. It's gonna be a seven PM kickoff. You can't get to Fort Collins yep. by six thirty if you leave at five you on a Friday ahead. afternoon, you got to plan ahead. And do you want to take your, vac- you know, half a day? How much do you care? 
It's true, but I would be there no matter what. You would too, but we're not, you know, everyone, and that's right. why we need these fan bases to show up in, in droves. And I understand that it's hard to support when you're not winning, but ultimately, like that consistent support, like that's that's well, what's going to make you attractive to another conference. Well, look where we're at right now. We're in we're in Las Vegas, Nevada, the entertainment capital of the world. There's a beautiful new Allegiant Stadium sitting over there, and. I, I'm afraid UNLV's games are going to look an awful lot like they did last year when no fans were allowed in the stadium. I am too. And that's too bad because I don't think we, I don't think they're going to be a sleeping giant by any means. I think San Diego State absolutely could be. As soon as they get that new facility, it's going to be a game they're changer. They're be really good. Um, but Vegas, I mean, they're, it's, it's not good. Well, the tough part about Vegas, especially, is you just don't really have the same, like, local identity. Yeah. You know, it's people moving from all over. It's people coming in and out. It's There, well, are, there are natives. But. I'm hoping with UNLV, I'm not, I'm not hopeful, but I'm hoping that more fans will go to their games because Sam Boyd Stadium was out in the boonies. And it was a terrible experience. Yeah. Like, it's not comfortable. Yeah. Like, there's nothing about At least this, like, it's cool, you know what I mean? I'm sure that... But, like, students were not going to Sam no Stadium in droves. Uh, now, this new stadium's literally right over the highway from the Strip. It's probably two miles from Thomas and Mac, the Thomas and Mac Center. So... I will say that's pretty common, like, amongst the Mountain West teams. We've seen a lot of these schools invest in a major way in facilities and you know like really up their game csu obviously wyoming made drastic improvements they've got a great indoor facility like oh and unlv too they have a big booster that's got them a new indoor facility they're really trying they really are and they went out and got marcus arroyo a hot offensive coordinator from oregon um they uh, want to win, you know. It, oh, they're it, trying. They're trying, but the base is just – but then again, you saw the running Rebels, you know, basketball program back in the day. Thomas and Mack was the place to be. That's, I mean, that's a whole other thing we so can get into. Start, that's start buying some players is what I'm getting <laughs> at. <laughs> just get out the checkbook, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I just – I don't, like – if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, you didn't give us like a succinct takeaway on what's going to happen, I, I'm sorry. Like, I, I don't know what to we're experiencing you. this just like <laughs> you are, and we're just kind of digesting what is happening as we go. Yeah, we're but, actually just sharing our thoughts on the air. Like, because yeah. before we came on, I was like, Justin, I have no idea what to say about this Oklahoma thing. I mean, Texas, I don't think anyone does until it know. actually happens. It's tough to say, and then like then we'll react, you know, accordingly. But you'd like to think that I mean, the Big Twelve is going to be scrambling. There's, there's definitely things happening behind the scenes. So I guess the big thing is just like, what does this mean for the Mountain West? We're going to have to see. So that's probably the best question you ask yourself. The Big 12 loses those two. Where did they look? Because we don't care about the FCC. They're, I mean, they just got even richer. So where do they look? You, you, uh, UCF has a gigantic fan base. Not fan base, gigantic alumni base. Yeah. One of the biggest in the country. Maybe there, maybe you look there, and then you have a footprint in Florida, but then you're starting to stretch away from regional rivals. Well, and then, like, travel comes into play. I mean, that, yep. that's the problem for Boise State. Boise State supposedly wanted to join the American, but they you know, knew realistically they weren't going to be able to finance their Olympic sports, and then it's like, can we go football only? And yeah. I don't like that either because then it's a situation like Hawaii, and it's like, yeah, they're technically a member, but does anyone actually view Hawaii as – you know, like a rival or a Mountain West when you only play in one sport? Well, Wyoming and Hawaii do have a traveling trophy. Yeah. <laughs> I, why? 
Apparently, there's big cowboy culture on the big island in Hawaii. It's called the Paniolo Trophy, and I guess that's Hawaiian for cowboy. I've never understood that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I thought it's kind of unique because talk about the most, the two most dramatic different. How different they are. Yeah. yeah just so different. Polar opposite. Honolulu and Laramie. And how far... How far you got to drive. And people know this, I'm sure. You have to fly into Denver, drive to Laramie. That would not be a fun road trip. And no. that's why Wyoming cannot get anybody in non-conference to come play basketball in Laramie. That's for sure. Oh, I mean, it's a br- it's, it's trap. It's-, <laughs> yeah, it's a bad trap. <laughs> it's a bad trap. But I don't know. I don't know who they'd go after. I, I You'd think they're going to have to go smaller. I can't imagine the Big 12 poaching somebody out of another... Well, unless the Pac-12. Well, that's what I was going to say. Unless they go to the Pac-12 or if you're Texas A&M and you really don't want to be in the same conference as Texas, I doubt they would leave just because of the money. But Or, you know, maybe somebody like Missouri or maybe you can get Nebraska. I mean, Nebraska in the Big Ten hasn't exactly been an overwhelming success. I know they made the Big Ten championship once or twice a couple of years ago. but I think the money in the Big Ten is significantly It is. It's way more. But what about an Arizona and Arizona State? That would be kind of more geographical. That could be interesting. I don't know. I mean, that's more. But as soon as you start bringing up those, and, you know, I'm CSU fans, well, if we're getting the Arizona schools, then it makes sense. You know, then go BYU, add CSU, and it might even be add CSU in Wyoming, or add CSU, CU, and Colorado. It would be sweet if all three of them were in the same oh, conference. That'd be, yeah, now now you're talking. Now you're getting me revved up. <laughs> I'd love that. That'd I mean, be, like a the Buffs would not love that, but oh, that's that's what I would love most about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, because they'd finally get put in their place. Imagine like a conference that was you know Arizona, Arizona State, CU, CSU, Wyoming Air Force, Kansas, Kansas State, Oof. Texas Tech. Like regionally, that's Tell not me. bad travel. Everybody's fairly competitive. Like that, there'd be some interest there. Oh, absolutely. That, oh man, that would be cool. That'd be fun. Like That'd I, be fun in basketball, too. That's what I mean. It'd be cool in all the sports. Yeah. All I, I know is change is happening. It's, yeah. it's coming some way or another. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sorry we don't have the answers for you just yet. But, you know, like I said, we're college football fans just like you. We're just kind of giving our thoughts, reacting in the moment. And that's really all any of us can do. And if, if, you're, if you're one of these guys out here trying to be like, this is what's going to happen, I call yeah. bullshit because you don't know. Yeah. Well, and the one thing is certain here, Justin, is – Mountain West football, you know, unofficially kicked off this week, and it's back. Thank it's, God. And that's just like you said. That's that's where you start, right? When it comes to winning. Yeah. Here we go. Let's do it. Yeah, I mean, we're ready to go here. It's what we're two weeks away from camp. And then I'm so on. excited, man. Yeah. Like I I miss even just like talking to the other reporters, you know, after yeah. practice and talking to the guys. Like I've missed all of it. I miss Craig Bull yelling at me in person. <laughs> <laughs> the Zoom call didn't have as much effect. It's not as personal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it, I, I, like you said earlier, I want to reiterate that. I'm so thankful for these guys and what they went through and the sacrifice they made last year, but the excuses are over. No, it's it's time to go. Yeah. Cody, thank you so much for doing this, man. I'm going to get you on the pod more frequently. Tell the tell my fans <laughs> where they can follow you. I know, you know, if you're a CSC <laughs> fan, I don't know if you want to follow it, but I'll say this. The best fans are educated fans. That means you need to follow everything that's happening in your league and under, you know, know what's going on. Plus, if you're like me, you like hate watch stuff and hate read stuff. Like, I find myself watching BYU TV and just getting so (laughs) incredibly angry. And then I turn the channel, not because 
I'm angry. I turn it because I don't want to give BYU TV any ratings <laughs> and give them any money whatsoever. So, yeah, you can follow at 7220sports uh, at twenty at 7220sports on Twitter or 7220sports.com on Facebook. And then, of course, it's just 7220sports.com, the website. And uh, we have an app and all that good stuff. We definitely talk a lot, especially border war weeks and stuff. I mean, I'm into it. I'm from Wyoming, so. But that's what makes that's yeah. what makes all this fun. You know what I yeah. mean? Like you're passionate about Wyoming. I'm passionate yeah. about CSU. We're gonna talk all kinds of trash the week that they play each other. But yeah. also, like, this is it's a it's we're a in different this yeah. It's you know what I mean. We're <laughs> we're small schools in a region that's yeah. you know going up against obstacles that are nope. a lot of these. You know, if you're Texas and OU, you don't have to worry about the shit that CSU and Wyoming fans have to deal with. Nope. But I wouldn't change it, man. As long as, long as, as long as the Cowboys run out of a tunnel on Saturday in the fall, that's all that matters. And we that's what I learned from last year. They will. It damn near didn't happen. Yeah. So <laughs> that's got me thinking my lucky stars because I don't even want to live on a planet where there's not a football game in Laramie on, in the fall. I, I have no desire. I'd break my heart, man. I went on my first vacation last year in the fall. I've never been on a fall vacation in my life, unless it's going to a Wyoming game. Went to New Orleans. It was awesome, but so sad. I got invited. Well, my girlfriend got invited. We got invited to a wedding this fall. <laughs> I already told her. I was like, you can go. Quit getting married in the fall. Come on, people. Bad. Yeah, and quit having kids in the fall, too, which is what I'm going to have my <laughs> kids do in November during the Utah State game. I'm going to be in Logan, Utah, and my wife's going to be all by herself. Oh, man. Nothing gets in the way of Wyoming football. <laughs> Nothing. That's, that is the difference, man. That's college football fans. NFL fans, you know, you might take a day off. Yeah, you, might, you might actually go to the operating room if the Broncos are playing. You might go to your best friend's wedding. <laughs> you know, you might... <laughs> Today's my Grandma's birthday. Today's my anniversary, and that's very much on purpose. Well, <laughs> it is. We. I was covering Michigan State at the time, and I said, I can't miss games no. to get married. Are you nuts on a Saturday? No. In the fall? No. I can promise you that if I, I get married someday, it will not be a... It will not be a September, October wedding. I know it's all nice out, and you get like yeah. the fall pictures and all that cutesy stuff. But it was ninety-seven degrees in Michigan when I got married. Guess how much we cared. Well, we were as long as the booze are cold. Yeah, we were having a we were obliterated and listening to tunes and having a good time with the family. You don't need fall leaves. <laughs> Give me a break. College football is back. We are back. We're going to be on each other's podcasts throughout the season. It's going to be a lot of fun. Thank you to everybody for listening to the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. I'll have plenty of content coming up over the next couple of days. Going to cut up some interviews, talk to multiple head coaches, players, all of that. And I think I'll just end this with a simple horns down. Peaches out of Palisades, sweet as mama's marmalade. This shit sound like summer days, the windows down on harmony. The family band sing harmonies, my daddy played the drums. My mama slapped that bass, my sister sang these songs. Dancing under canopies, we thank the trees for all their leaves. We are just some drops of water, together make up seven seas. And one day I'll be like my father, one day I will learn to breathe. I'm choking on the thought that I am not the man I want to be.